has it been a hundred years a hundred thousand years a billion years of waiting in silence i'm sitting on the floor in the dark we've been depressed i have a migraine we have been fools with time as i frequently am i mean that's that's depression also audacity did us real dirty yeah, our our recording system ate our last recording, and I think at that point we both went fuck it for like three, three months. months. <laughs> there was this great combination of depression, weddings, wedding, so many weddings. Um, the high holidays for those of you who are not the chosen people, we just front load all of our shit into like three weeks, and it's just you don't have a life for three weeks. Especially if you happen to also work in Jewish education, because you get all of the new school year bullshit, and then also, like, you have to stare into the face of God. Which is fair. Which is fair. I mean, Sometimes like, you gotta. I love to do it. You gotta. But it does sort of make your social life impossible, because your friend will be like, hey, why don't we record the episode? And you'll be like, gotta stare at God, sorry. <laughs> Can't. I just... As, as someone who is not a part of any organized religion... Sometimes I just do that of my own volition yeah. where I'm like, mm, time to go into the wilderness and look for God. It's great. Can stare at leave? God for a minute through go running staring up that at hill. something. Make a deal with God. <laughs> Get him to swap <laughs> our places. <laughs> oh, man, that was one of my... Do you ever get... I mean, of course you get depressed. I know this. We know this. Whoop. And just listen to one song over and over again until you feel something or mm, nothing crystal or by fleetwood mac for me last summer's big depression all i listened to was running up that hill mm, that was mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. was always jogging near a hill up a hill around a hill to make a deal with god and swap our places and swap our places for, for me it is consistently crystal by fleetwood mac it's, it's like a depression song i turned around and the water it was closing all around yeah, me like yeah. a glove, like the love that had finally, finally found me. <laughs> we should make a playlist of depression jams. We should make one. a warrior's playlist. Oh my God. Oh, some here. Some Wait, he- we should make like, do you ever remember song calls? Or it was no. Like this weird part of fandom, I forget if it was like live journal to Tumblr in that era where it would be like. You just be like this song vibes with the character. Oh, it was like after song fan fictions died, but before like people just started making playlists. Oh, song fic. <laughs> Occasionally, okay, not to like out myself as someone who still reads fan fiction, but s- sometimes I will like stumble upon a song fic in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen, like and I'll be like, an "Ancient tomb." What? <laughs> exactly. It's like finding like. And a, a three thousand year old Roman coin on oh the dirt, God. like that's what it feels like. <laughs> the number of God fucking variations on a theme of that one. Um, was it Vertical Horizon or the Verve Pipe that did the everything you want? He's everything you need. That he's one. everything inside that of you that you wish you could, could be. be. Yeah, that one just with like variations on that within like. 
fanfiction.net's Inuyasha tab in 2004. <laughs> I think the most recent one is not so much the um the lyric fix, but like lyrics as like fanfiction titles but on AO3. No caps. No capitals, and they're always formatted like part of the lyric and then part of the lyric in parentheses. Or like part of the lyric to back slashes rest of lyric. Or like, yeah, it's usually like um. There's creative punctuation. And one of one of my friends had like a really really good tweet the other day about it, where she was like, "Drinking game where you log on to Ao3 and every time you see a fic that's titled with a lyric from a Hozier song, take a drink." Oh my god, you die! You die you instantly. Would die. Or um, oh, for a while it was all um. There was a lot of death cab. That was a that was Death for Cab's, a while. I'm dating myself again with the Death Cab references. Death Cab, but Death Cab was a thing. But I feel like Hozier is the new king of fanfic titles for sure. Oh yeah, the, he he's dethroned. They've I don't know Hozier's pronouns. He he's um dethroned. I think the Decembrists. Yeah, sadly, I or mean, not sadly, he's incredibly talented. He's he, great. Like they're both great. He deserves we, it. We love Hozier. We love the Decembrists. Hozier. Hozier. I Hozier. love him. I don't talk about Hozier enough, in part because I'm afraid that I'm saying his name wrong every time. So I'm just like, I let whoever I'm talking to bring him up first. He is a beautiful. Is he tall? tall He's tall. Tall. He's like six foot seven or some shit. He's like. <gasps> oh wait, real I also tall. remembered in the other like the title zone, Florence Well. Oh, uh, Florence and the Machine lyrics. Oh, Florence Welch has all those lyrics. I mean, remember when every single thing was titled after like a track off Lungs? It still yeah. is. And still is. It still is. I feel like, you know, who's on, like, not to be. Is it Phoebe Bridgers? Oh, Phoebe Bridgers would be, like, great. No, I was going to say, like, who's, like, underused as someone whose lyrics could make really good fan fiction. I was going to say Maggie Rogers. Uh, Her lyrics are a little underused, but those could be good fanfic titles. I was also, I think you're right, though. Phoebe Bridgers could be great. Also, any of the members of Boy Genius, because she's in that band with um, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker, and they also I all have feel good. I get, I get all those t- like depression jams, dude. I, I mean, it's like I have my like three depression jams, and I just ah, oh, I just have a whole depression playlist on my iPod. Motion sickness, I think, is like when I'm like angry, depressed. Motion sickness was like the bad July sad. That yeah. I, that we went through, I think we both went through July sad, <laughs> and you could sense that I was about to hit the July sad because you were like, "Listen well, to motion sickness in my car." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit, this is it! <laughs> this is the July yeah. sad." Yeah, I remember driving. I remember specifically like through. I think Fresh Pond. Hmm. Like all over the bridge, and I was just like. This is this is summer depression. This is gonna be it. This is it. This is my summer sad jam. Yep. And that's all I listened to for like all of July. Word. Into August. Huge mood. Right. Oh, Huge booed. So depressed. I just keep belching into the microphone. <laughs> that's the seltzer. That's the seltzer. Oh, Brad got Seltzy. Brad got a soda stream for his birthday. My boyfriend got a soda stream for his birthday. You gotta love it. I mean, I got a soda stream for his birthday. Like, Karen bought Brad for me a soda stream. And it's great just being able to make seltzer whenever I want. 
or I don't really know how it works, asking my boyfriend to make me seltzer whenever I want seltzer at his apartment. My um, friends. I said feminism back so far. I visited I my friends anything. in New York recently. Yes. And they were completely shooketh when I revealed that my, my office that I work in has a seltzer dispenser in the kitchen. They were like fucking blown away by this. <sighs> I mean, like, I don't take it for granted. I do love the Celsi dispenser a lot. But it like you can either choose between like plain seltzer or like four different flavors and it just like dispenses it right into your water bottle. It's the greatest mm. thing ever. Oh, hell yeah. The bevy technically is what it's called. Finding out that like all those fancy vacuum seal water bottles to so, like swell, yeti, hydroflask will keep your seltzer bubbly for like twenty four hours, life changing. They do that? Oh my god, yeah. Put seltzer in a swell bottle, it'll like stay seltzy. That's what got me through my first year of grad school. Shit, dude. You just bring a bunch of swell bottles to your office, fill them with seltzer, and take them home. I'm going to. Any now. sort of, like, vacuum-sealed water bottle will do it. Like, any of those that's like, it keeps cold for 24 hours. It keeps hot for 24 hours. It like, keeps seltzy for 24 it hours. It keeps seltzy for 24 hours. That's incredible. I can only speak to the swell bottle because that's the only one I've tried it with, but I would imagine it would work with a Yeti. I'm sure. It has to. It has to. It's the same. It's the technology. It's a water bottle. It's like a bougie, like, $35 water bottle. Exactly. It should keep it. Should we stop stalling and talk about this book that we both hated? That's the other part of the whole thing. Is the I think the other reason we both said fuck it, it was partially because of the audiophile getting eaten or yeeten the and sadness. the sadness. But I think another part of it was this book sucks I so bad. It. I hated it so badly because I kept expecting things to happen. And then, and they, then they didn't. didn't. We talked about this, and this is why I'm really upset that Audacity ate it, because we were, I mean, I was also super out of it when we were recording this episode, but I had a very good take about, like, how usually books are, like, rising action, like, inciting action, or what. I didn't do a lit degree at fancy college. Like, <laughs> there's, like, the upward slope of the triangle where shit happens. Yeah. There's the shit at the top of the triangle, and then, like, it goes down, and you're, like declining action or whatever yeah and then like you plateau and you're like all right i'm ready for the next book this one it's just there's no it looks middle you, it's it's like a bad roller it's like a it's like a heart monitor like oh. it just goes up and down with like flat parts in the middle i was gonna say it's like you let a like a eight-year-old loose on roller coaster tycoon it's uh do you watch the good place up through the first two seasons i'm very behind and also terrified of death and if i think about it for too long it freaks me out so i've had to slightly ramp back my good place consumption jeremy Barramy. i've not gotten to jeremy Barramy. okay well for anyone out there listening jeremy Barramy is my hilarious joke <laughs> they're talking about like the timeline in the afterlife and they're like yeah we call it jeremy Barramy because it looks like someone wrote the words jeremy Barramy in cursive and that's oh, what word. time looks like i mean I was yeah. like, that's what the plot of this book looks like speaking of time and how and things i hate um we're fully in daylight savings now and or standard time i don't know we made a switch i can't talk about it because it makes me really upset <laughs> i haven't seen the sun for 100 years it's only been two days and i feel no like i haven't i literally haven't I, seen the sun in years i have turned into count orlock and i am <laughs> living in my castle with my weird rat teeth and my pointy ears and my like a podcasting is a very visual medium but if you've seen like <laughs> nosferatu i'm nosferatu now i'm Honestly. gonna stay that way until we get to the light times again oh my god 
Oh my god, the cat. He's so cute. Oh, look at him chew things. Like, here's the thing. Like, summer depression, I feel like, is like motion sickness. Like, it has an aesthetic to it. Like, there's kind of like something lovely about being like depressed in the summer because like you can be like, ah, oh, I made a Disney Channel original movie or something. Yes, yes, it's a very decom mood. It's a decom mood. Like, there's something to be like, oh, there's like a narrative force to my depression when I'm summertime depressed. Like, you when can you're go winter- to the beach. You know yeah. what? That's the difference. Or like drive around with a car with the windows down, learning about like. And then in the winter, once the daylight time is stolen from you and you turn into Nosferatu, you're just like, everyone's kind of sad. So you're no longer like special and different for being sad in the summer because it's no longer cancer. I just realized it's all cancer season. Um, Cancer season. But also also it's Scorpio season. It is Scorpio season. Happy days because Libra season kicked my ass for a month. That's another reason we didn't record is because Libra's. And depression and the high holidays. Just September is never a good month for me. Libra season, yeah, like September, September through October, bad I, times for me. I think I had a headache for the entire month. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I was on the verge of a mental breakdown for a solid eight weeks. And if anybody were asking me if I could do anything, I just shrieked at them like a goblin, <laughs> like and ran away. No, and I was like, I can't. You know, no. ah, and then just like kind of tarnished a bunch of relationships that I'm working on repairing because people are like do you want to do things They're like no and then I had a friend who'd be like hey Sophie hope you're doing well and I'd be like I'm not <laughs> bold of you to assume otherwise Mood. we should talk about this book that we we made. should we, we should talk oh one one last thing before we get into it though my I have a new roommate since oh the last God. time we recorded because it's been that long. Got it. Oh, wait. That was another reason we never recorded is um moving times were bad. Moving times were incredibly Austin rough. Austin Christmas. Because I got that new piercing like, on Labor Day when I was all like zonked out on like post-piercing adrenaline, which is part of the reason my takes were bad. I think the thing about like moving is like I really like my living situation right now. Like I like my new roommates a lot, but just like... I am such a cancer, which means I, I have, like, I'm a little hermit crab and yeah. I need my little home to be exactly a certain way. And just the shifting of people and the changing of the space was so stressful for me. And I was so angry all the time for that first little bit. And, like, I had to, like, keep it under wraps because I was like, I really like these new people and it's not personal. And, like, I do really like them and now we're all friends and it's great. But, like, that first month I was like, everything is different why is it different it was so stressful and so I like did not live in my own home as much as I could but but the exciting thing is my one of my new roommates has a new cat Whoopi you can follow her on Instagram at Whoopi Storm Goldberg the second um we love her but we've given her a warrior cat's name can you share it Storm Leap ah we call her Storm Leap Storm Leap is such a good warrior name it's such a good warrior name such a good warrior name and so every time she's doing something mischievous and trying to kill her toys, we're like, oh, Storm Leap is out. Was, um, I can't remember Whoopi's mom. And Lindsay. All, was Lindsay a warrior's kid at all? She had no idea what they were, but I explained the concept and she took to it very well, which I really appreciate. God, that's good. That's good. Like, even if it's like you were not a warrior's kid, if you're willing to embrace it. Exactly. She was like, I love the concept. Love the concept. Let's give her a warrior's name. I was like, oh, yes. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I have a work friend who I want to make a friend friend who I was talking to about this podcast and they were she was very excited about it. Good. So someday we're going to bug we're going to bug Sam into guesting. Yes. Oh my god. I have like several friends who want to guest on this yes. actually. Who are like 
former warriors kids who are like i have thoughts and i'm like please oh but we should actually get into we the should book actually now. talk about this book that we hate um i hate this book i hated this book. i hate it so much and which is weird and annoying and sad for me because i really dug the first two and then this one I did not. It suffers from extremely bad Infinity War syndrome. Oh I was just thinking Infinity War. Where it's just like, its whole point is just to be a filler that gets you to the next book. Yeah. that doesn't ha- But it doesn't serve any narrative purpose on its own. It's just like, here's some shit that can happen in the middle while we wait for and set up the next installation. It's, and it's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't exist well on its own. It's all parent drama. It is, yeah. It's literally all like, this cat looks like a different cat. I bet they're secretly related. And then every time they're secretly related and I find it boring. And also like, why? It's very Game of thrones It is. I mean, that's literally spoilers for a book or a TV show that maybe everyone's read or watched at this point. That's like the big twist in the first Game of Thrones book is Robert Barat. I think it's Robert Bar- The fat guy. Baratheon. I don't know. I mean, I think it's Robert. Has dark hair and he's married to Cersei who has blonde hair and all of his kids are blondes and you're like, oh wait, someone like Sean Bean does a Punnett Square, like does a Punnett Square, Punnett Square, whatever, however yeah. you say them. I failed biology. Um, Does like a Punnett Square in a tower and it's like, oh no, they're not his kids. And then there's a war about it. Like that's, it's like, but this, does this predate Game of Thrones? No, no. Game of Thrones. I think the books of Game of Thrones came out in the 90s. The first one of these came out in 2003. I mean, here's the thing. like, But they're very similar. Honestly, conceptually, tonally, incredibly similar series. Here's the thing where George R. R. Martin can go kick rocks. For every <laughs> one Song of Ice and Fire book, there have been, I think, like 12 Warrior Cats. <laughs> And I realize that part of it is because Aaron Hunter is an amalgamation and not one person, but still, like, eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it takes George R. R. Martin, like, six years to write a book, and Aaron Hunter is churning them out every six months. And granted, there's, like, Three? probably five Aaron Hunters at this point, but still. But also, like, the bookstore I work at, like, we've had a Tui Sutherland has a new book out party. Like, Tui Sutherland is one of the year. Aaron Hunters. Did I you know that? did. She's one of them. Oh, yeah. I gotta, it's like I, the Illuminati. Like, who are the Aaron's are Hunter? Like, gotta figure out who they are. I want to figure out the rest of them. I'm sure this information is readily available online, but I think it's more fun to guess which, like, fun YA authors are also yeah. Aaron Hunter. But anyway, George R. R. Martin can go kick rocks. True. He writes terrible sex scenes. I read three of the books, and I don't know why. They really sort of... There's this thing. Imagine calling... Oh my god, no. It's just they're bad sex scenes. There's this thing about the way that like some male authors write about women too. It's gross and bad. That's like not great. Yeah. Mm. Also like there's some there's certain phrases that are used that are just like extremely nasty to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dare we say them on the podcast? Like, anytime someone is, like, it's every time, like, instead of just saying pussy, you say her sex. I hate that's that. That's incredibly bad. That's incredibly bad. It, also, it makes me never want to anytime exist they like, again. Anytime someone describes, like, the degree to which a dick is hard. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Is, like, really bad. Either it's hard or it's not. Yeah, just be like, he had a boner. That's, that's the way you should say it. Also, like, all of the sex with teenagers. Gross. 
gross. Gross. Well, because I think, like, coming at this as, like, from an angle of someone who writes manuscripts sometimes that are about teenagers, I think there are ways in which you can, like, write about teenagers experiencing sexuality or having sex that are not necessarily gross there to be like titillating for the reader but if it is there for that reason then it's super icky it's the Riverdale problem it's the like I think that's what it is I realize now this has turned into a George R. R. Martin can kick rocks episode is that gonna be our title George R. R. Martin Martin can can kick kick rocks can kick rocks yes come at me Game of Thrones fan people but also so can this book Forest of Secrets can kick rocks Forest of Secrets is like you know where Game of Thrones lost me was I want to say it was it's not a dance with it's either a dance with ravens or a feast for it's a feast for crows all of them have the same three titles anyways a yes, feast for do. crows because there's a character I don't ha- I do not care about Bran oh um, god he's so fucking boring fuck Bran fuck Bran. and like all of a feast for the dancing birds or whatever the fuck it's called is about Bran and his emotional journey or whatever and is he a bird with multiple eyes who is psychic like which is a cool idea and I'm just like I don't give a single fuck about Bran yeah. my my thought is it's a cool idea if Bran mattered but he doesn't because he sucks shit also if you paced your books better and didn't release them like once a cicada season <laughs> or cicada year I I uh. I literally think I have a teen who I work with whose theory is that he's just he doesn't know how he's going to end the series. So he's just going to like kind of wait it out and die without having actually released the last book. To be fair, to be fair to him. Not a bad plan. Not a bad plan. Not a like, bad, bad plan. When I when I get to thinking about my own writing projects a little bit too hard, I'm sometimes like. Maybe I'll die before I have to finish it, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Except, no. That's bleak. And that's not true. My writing projects are sometimes actually the thing that keeps me alive. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that great to be, like, excited about your art again? Okay, yeah. speaking of art, let's talk about our art, which is dissecting warrior cats. Yes. Um, let's try and, let's try and summarize what happened in this oh book. Oh, my God. Which is it's hard because it sucked so bad and it didn't have a plot. Fridging. Okay. I'm just going to go way back to my notes, which are in Embarrassingly, from July 14th is when I first started taking notes on book three, Forest of Secrets. My first note on this is beach reading. God, remember beaches? Remember sitting on the beautiful sand oh, man. of a nice beach. Remember the Hi. Jersey Shore? Yes. That was... An incredible. The ocean kicked my ass, but I loved being near her. I'm like still obsessed with that little hotel, though. Oh my god, run by the. So we went to a we went to the Jersey Shore at the end of July for for a wedding for for one of the fucking trillion weddings we went to this summer. Um, it was delightful. We stayed at the cutest fucking hotel that was basically it felt like stepping inside of a A Sarah Sarah Dessen novel. It was entirely run by teenagers, and they were so lovely. They were Maverick. all like cousins. They were all hanging out. They had a dog named Maverick, Maverick. who hung out and like ran around with them. Oh, what a fat head. It was amazing. Yeah, he was a like, big fat headed pit And bull. there were just like baskets of towels and like beach blankets that you could just take. And they're like, yeah, bring them back. Yeah. And then like after we checked out, we went to the beach and then they were like, oh yeah, you can just still come use a shower. And I was like, I'm coming back next year. I love you. Yeah, <gasps> we have to go back. And then there was the fire alarm that went off in our like adjoining little rooms. And the, one of the teams was just like, get a tall one. And then like... <laughs> A lanky teenage boy came and stood up. I want to say his name was Kevin. 
I loved those. I loved that. Just whole stood thing. on a chair and turned off my smoke alarm. <laughs> that whole situation. I was like, I love being a background character in a Sarah Dessen novel. It's great. great. It's great. Oh, um, we so beaches. We read these books on beaches. So that was how long ago we actually this is, read yeah. this. So that's the other challenge with summarizing this is I'm like, it already didn't have a plot to begin with. And the months between my reading of it and now and quarter of a year <laughs> have really sort of muddied those waters oh, up. Yeah. Let's look at some notes, though. This is why we take notes. Um, so I remember writing down that I'm looking at right now being really excited that Cinderpaw's Yellowfang's Apprentice. So I'm going to early on, I know we're supposed to save these to the end, nom Cinderpaw for MVP. Oh, for sure. For sure. She's got to be like, honestly, oh, that's what made me mad about these. Why isn't this book about Cinderpaw? Why isn't, why aren't all of these books about Cinderpaw? Honestly, she is a much more compelling character in general than Fireheart. This is, I think, that was one thing about this is this was like, at least like the rising action we're at the peak of my hate for fireheart he was such a cop he's for the whole fucking cop. book he's such a cop oh for the whole book oh my god he supports putting like cameras out on the turnstiles on the new york subway right fireheart is one of the three is like remember when that picture like that like news image went viral on twitter of just like the cops like standing around on a platform being like you're here to stop people from jumping the ferry yep like that, that was him. That was him. Fireheart whole book is one of the, is like an NYPD like transit cop. Yeah, and he's like being a huge fucking cop to his best friend. Oh my god, who just wants to fuck? Who's literally just out here to fuck? He's like, yeah, my hot girlfriend from across the river. I just want to hang. And Fireheart is like just out here being a cop about it, and was like, well, actually, and it's like, let your friend you fuck. Can't. Whatever. Why do you care? He's, like, very picky and choosy about the warrior code, too, because yes. he's like, well, it's the warrior code, but then if I want to go break the rules, I can do that, to because, again, I'm sister. a fucking cop. Or, like, go grab a baby. But, again, like, why isn't it about Cinderpaw? She's way better. She's way more interesting. Uh, we also had, like, my great minute of, like, one thing that also annoyed me about those <laughs> books is R.I.P. the very short, like, running thing of being a um, tiger claw apologist because he went full maga and now i feel like i'm not allowed to like tiger claw anymore no yeah he's fully has become like an authoritarian dictator like he's cat hitler now which means it's no longer fun for me yeah but man those first two books when i was just like he's a dick but he's right now it's like like, oh no he's he's donald trump he's a cat nazi (laughs) oh yeah this just killed so much for me my tiger claw apologism my joy (laughs) I think the next one is better, to I be really fair. I really hope it's better, because this sets up some interesting things. So let's talk about yeah. what it sets up. Because, um, well, again, it's like Infinity War. It sets up the big, like, second half of it. It does. Oh, I hate it. So I don't remember much of, like, how I don't remember a lot of Forest of Secrets. I also don't remember a lot of Infinity War. For the same reason, I'm sure. Oh, it's very similar reasons. It came out, Infinity War, when I was in the middle of my student teaching, which was a moment in my life when I realized I'd spent thousands of dollars, thousands of my of money and hours of my life doing something that I actually kind of hated and did not want to do anymore, but was in too late to quit. Thank you, student teaching. Um, but I'm like, well, fuck, I got to finish this off. Like, I've come too far. And then cried in my mom's Jetta about it. Because I don't want to be doing this. Anyway, I was doing my student teaching. So that's when Infinity War came out. And then I started dating Brad. And he thought he had Lyme disease for like a minute and a half. So I spent all of Infinity War sitting there thinking like, I just met this new guy. I really like him. Is he dying? 
<laughs> and that was like the headspace that I approached Infinity War with. And that's kind of what this book made me feel. That's fair. That's so. that's that's fair. Let's hit some major narrative beats. Like, let's try to salvage something from this shit so, show. Um, so the big twist was that um, Blue Star has children who grew up in River Clan that no one knew about. That was kind of like the big takeaway from this. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like is interesting, but I, which, like, okay. Yeah. She has, like, two secret kids. Good for her. Who who are River Clan warriors who don't know that she's their mom. And she... no one in ThunderClan knows that she ever, well, everyone in ThunderClan thinks she had kids who, like, died. Died. Like, died when they were born. Yeah. Um, and no one knew that she, like, sent them across the river to grow up with River Clan. their father. Because she was also having an illicit River Clan affair. True. She was. And part of it was like, and like I can respect this though, yeah. because she was like, I have an ambition to become the leader and I value that. I'm, I'm going to prioritize that. We don't I can't have, be raising yeah. these kids. I can't be a stay at home mom. We don't have condoms. We don't have, cats don't have condoms <laughs> or abortion. So I'm going to have these kids, but like, the dad can raise them because I fucking can't. I don't want, I can't. And I do not want to. And that's literally the only reason you need is I don't want to be and a parent. Like, it that's seemed it. like she kind of, like, she kind of did, but she was like, my duty to, like, my ambition comes first. And that's so real. Yeah. Like, that I think is the thing a lot of people struggle with is, like, deciding, like, there's two things that I want. Which one do I want more? Yeah. And then going with that one. Like, and the kids were fine. The kids were fine. Kids they were, were fine. so successful. Like they're kicking ass. In what River are they? Clan. Misty Foot and Stonefur, right? God, I cannot remember. Believe you remember those? They're locked in here forever. Misty Foot went on. She is she Silverstream's mom? No, she's her friend. She's her friend. Oh uh, yeah, because they're like they're close friends. Misty Foot's a little bit mm-hmm. older, but they're like similar ages. Um, but Misty Foot just had kids, so she has like kittens. Um, and Silverstream gets pregnant. <coughs> yeah, that's the other big she thing. She gets pregnant. She gets pregnant. Can we talk Pergonat. about how quickly that escalated from like a casual fling? A casual fling to like she's full on pregnant. And I realized like also it very much muddies the ages of how old these cats are supposed to be. <laughs> that's to me. never clear. I feel like time, these books exist outside of time. It's <laughs> like Jeremy Barramy. It's Jeremy Barramy. It, like, does not make any sense the amount of time that is passing. Because technically, I think this all takes place during one winter. Yeah, because they all get... Is this right? one where they all get the cough? Yeah, they all get sick because they all get catch, like, a Green winter cough. cold that, like, gets it's worse. It's the flu pandemic. Yes. But, um... It, it all takes place over one winter, but, like, we don't know how old they're supposed to be. I think... I think the idea is, like, the equivalent of, like humans in their like late teens early 20s but it's really just not clear it's vague it's vague and like cloud kit's still around being like a dumb toddler baby but doesn't he get appointed like someone's apprentice yeah at the he very becomes end? i can't Which... remember let me go on my notes cloud paw wait yellow thing also does some shit she's eternally right she like lays in to fireheart in a way that i'm too lazy to read my own handwriting through my migraine but like i'm sure someone will be like oh yeah what? No, yeah, she does. She like I'm trying to remember why, but it's I do on page one hundred and fifty seven. Like... This is ASMR now. 
Listen to us flip these pages. God bless GarageBand. It's going to cut all of this. 157. I can't read. I, I'm illiterate. Fuck. Where are we? 155. 156, 157. Oh, right. He was helping. He was catching food for River Clan. Oh, that was yeah. a whole thing, and she was like, what the fuck? You're being a fucking idiot. God, like, again, that was one of my notes earlier for, like, why isn't the book about Yellowfang and Cinderpaw? Because I think that's a way more interesting relationship dynamic than Fireheart, who's the deputy? What the fuck? I, I don't remember it happening that fast. Like, like when I, I knew think it back in happen. my memory, like, you, you know that's sort of where it's going, but I, like, I feel like in my memory I remember it happening – like book five and then book six he becomes like no spoilers but like the leader the the, the podcast is called firestar walk with me yeah like i but i feel like i remember it being much later like that that there was a longer period of time that he spent as just a regular warrior i'm thus the series name warriors Warriors. like why the fuck is he the deputy i mean i know why he's the deputy because he's a fucking cop yeah but like why uh, it just makes me so mad. And then Silverstream gets fucking fridged, even though Cinderpaw does everything she can to save her. C- and Cinderpaw gets, like, really upset about it, which you hate to see because Cinderpaw's the best. But, like, also more interesting, like, emotional depth that I would want to explore from her perspective than, like, Fireheart being a fucking cop and, like, it was like, well, I told you that this wouldn't end well. And it's like, I think he has a little bit of empathy, but I think there's it's a little bit really of, great. like, the the moral is sort of set up that like he was right that they shouldn't have like carried on this relationship and it's like well fuck that like fuck you but then uh graystripe leaves to be the with his kids in river, river Clan, Clan. which i did not know is that allowed not really i i think that that's like a huge i mean i guess that's something to look forward to for book 4 yeah i think that's like a huge violation but i feel like those are his children, so they're not going to, like, separate. Like, now that their mom is dead, they're not going to separate him from That's them. fair. You know? Um, they have some decency. Sandstorm got mean again, which was nice. I just saw a note I on love. page 238, which said, yes, Mean Girl Sandstorm is back, baby. Um, 238? Yes. On page 238, I wrote a note that she was mean, and I was happy about it. Oh yeah, she's she's mean to Graystripe after I mean, good his affair her. comes out, and is like, okay, you can like she, he, Fireheart's like we should eat with our friend Graystripe because he's like going through it, and Sandstorm is like you can fucking eat with him. <laughs> yes. Oh, again, everybody but Fireheart is more like every female character in this. To, every like I know they're cats, but but women rule. Women are better. <laughs> they just within the context of warrior cats, like they're all more interesting, nuanced characters. These books it, are like wicked sexist, though. I feel like that's oh something we talked about before God, we got into so it. But like, they're wicked sexist. We are gender roles for fucking. I, it's for one of those animals. Where it's like it's like one of those like faux empowerment things. Like, oh, Blue Star is the leader, so we can't be sexist. I'm like, pretty much all of the warriors are male. Also, the whole plot, like with her, like having to tragically give up her children, like that was a sexist plot point also that it seems like 
they keep returning to the well for like oh we need to make a female character sad we'll give her kids and then she can't have the kids like they did that with yellowfang mm-hmm. they did that with blue star they did that with silver's dream it's like they did that kind of with princess where it's like it's every like single every like em- it's every like empowered female character has to like it's like the joss whedon thing oh it's like my god yeah and like you can't parent your children um but also, like, this is, like, the one way we think we can get pathos for female characters. And then like, they, like, fridge a lot of female characters to develop Firestar. Justice for Spotted Leaf. Spotted Leaf and now Silverstream. Like, and now Silverstream. Both of them. And also kind of sooner, but, like, that was one another thing that really pissed me off about Fireheart, this book, is that, like, he kept getting, like, upset. Like, Cinderpaw's doing fine. But he kept, like, getting weirdly emotional about how her injury affected his feelings. And I'm like, it's her leg. Yeah, and it's and Fuck she's you. fine. She's and fine. Like, she's and kicking ass. He gets really very like, upset oh, about the idea been? that she never gets to be a warrior, a but masculine like, thing. But she's doing fucking great. She's thriving. She's gonna talk to God. She's gonna talk to God on and the ghosts. reg and save people's fucking lives. Yeah, like, like she great. does. She like bosses Tigerclaw around, who still low key might be my favorite character, even though he's Hitler. <laughs> I just I can't get let go of like just he's so mean to Tiger to Fireheart all the time and I it's what Fireheart deserves. It's what he deserves. Um yeah, this is a bad book that I did not enjoy reading. Um <laughs> Golden Flowers kits Oh yeah, no, Golden Flower has kits with the Tiger Claw and we know this because they look like Tiger Claw cuz you can only look like one parent, I guess. Yeah. I I do think that is one of the like nice things about this cat society one of the like less sex sexist things about this bizarrely sexist cat society yeah is that they have this whole like idea of like privacy like if you don't want to share who the father of your kids are you don't have to and like sometimes you can figure it out by looking at them apparently Uh, it's the every time but it's sort of this thing where it's like well she's not under an obligation to share if she doesn't want to like she can just have her kids and have that be that which i think is kind of cool i I wish we were more like that also that the cats are like de facto part of the mother's clan i like that too yeah i'm gonna say a sentence that i hate myself for thinking but i have to share it yeah do it are the cats poly i think they can be it's never i mean recognizing that it's never who you want to To be be polyamorous. polyamorous who's polyamorous yeah you never want the cats to be polyamorous. <laughs> I mean, I think is it is the other is monog are monogamous cats worse? <laughs> are they? Are they? Not having been part of the robust fanfiction community surrounding the Warriors series, I don't know. I wrote a robust amount of fanfiction, but I was not part of the robust fanfiction community. Um, Within your art, were the cats poly? No. But I was also 11 and mm. had grown up in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and had never been exposed to the idea of poly. But I like, didn't know that was a thing. Polygamy but, is a thing. My family's not Mormon, though. No, but like you hung out with a lot of, I don't know. We can text. But we no, I mean, like we, we learned the history of it, but like polygamy is also not necessarily the same as poly. That's polygamy true. Polygamy is like. Brigham Young had 70 wives, which yeah. is a little bit of a different vibe than like, I'm just going to go fuck a different cat now. Yeah, exactly. Um, we should maybe edit part of that out. So we're going to edit that out. Yeah, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> Let's just, yeah, that but, was not uh, a good tangent. I hate this book. Uh, 
it's it's a rough book, but in in my fan fiction experience, uh, the cats were monogamous. That's but good. also, I didn't read a lot of fan fiction. I just here's here's what I did. Right? Yeah. Tell me about it. I wrote a shit ton of fanfic with my best friend, but we didn't regard it as fan fiction. We thought it was like our magnum opus, and we mm-hmm. thought we were gonna publish it under Aaron Hunter's name as two additional Aaron Hunters. I mean, the, anyone you could anyone can be Aaron Hunter if they. Do you think there's an arcane to ritual to become an Aaron Hunter? I fucking do. You go hope, to a lodge. Is I there hope a that clue? it's like. I hope that there's like a cult initiation to. Like yeah, I'm Aaron picturing Hunter. candles and like chanting, and like eating something ritualistically. Maybe it's cat food. I was thinking. Not that, but <laughs> That's maybe. That's all I can think about. Is you Did you know that I ate cat treats when I was a kid? <laughs> no, someone on my, at my work ate dog treats. There was a thing on Slack where they were like, what were those biscuits by the register? I really hope those weren't meant for dogs. And whoever left the biscuits at work was like, no, those were fully for dogs. I um, Safe for humans, but I made those specifically to be eaten by dogs. I and multiple <laughs> humans had eaten I used to steal cat treats. Look, they're crunchy. I wanted to sample them. It was just more like I wanted I wanted to get inside the headspace of my pets and be like, so what are their lives really like? And so I would sample like the cat treats and the dog treats. How do you get close to them? Through food. Through through mutual understanding. Um should we wrap this terrible book up so I can never think about it again? Yeah, we have to fill twenty more minutes. We can do that. Um Let's I can talk about who the MVP was. Cinderpaw. We know that it's Cinderpaw. It's Cinderpaw, and I'm going to say Yellowfang just permanently. It's Cinderpaw because she, like, really pulls through as a medicine cat for the yeah. first time. Because she, like, she's given her first, like, real responsibility. And she, she saves everyone. She she saves everyone from Greencoff, and then she fucks up with Silverstream, and she, like, beats herself up for it. But then it's like, no, you did all you could. And Yellowfang You Fang saved the so. kids. She saves the kids, which is, like, huge. And, like, it was a big deal and it's like the first time she's like really coming face to face with like the responsibilities of the role i think Mm -hmm. but like in a really really good like character development way and yellowfang did like some really good mentoring being like hey there was you did all you can and sometimes they're just gonna die yeah you can't save everyone you can't save everyone why are these why are these books not about them why right it like honestly, petition for a spinoff series that's yeah. just like Adventures of Yellowfang and Cinderpaw. I am kind of worried. Does Cinderpaw get like a name name, or is she stuck as Cinderpaw forever? Because if she's stuck as Cinderpaw forever, I'm going to flip. No, she gets a name name. Okay, good. She gets a name name. Um, Once she gets promoted to like full medicine cat, but it's the same like apprenticeship thing. Like while she's an apprentice, she's oh, still she's Cinderpaw. just Cinderpaw. But I love it. Like that's a great relationship. Um, Tiger Claw went full MAGA, which means I can no longer stand as I once did. Did we have any changes to our, like, cast list and our cats-esque Did movie? we ever cast Cinderpaw? Can we talk about casting our MVP? Our special girl? Casting Cinderpaw? Okay, currently, just going off my vibes right now. Yeah. I'm feeling... Um, Tap into the network. Amanda Stenberg. Ooh. She's currently who I'm feeling. Yeah. I feel like she has that, like... A very good energy for that, right? Yeah. Where she's sort of, like, a little bit more, like, fun and laid back. And energetic. And energetic. I think she could be, like, really good in that role. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. That's, like, my first, my go-to. No, I like that. I'm trying to think of who else I would propose, and that's, that's I think, the best. I still think Christian Bale should be Tiger Claw. 
Oh, for sure. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Especially, especially now that he's no, beautiful maggot. You know, I think that Christian Bale should split that role though, like inexplicably with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> like they should just go back and forth. I have actually thought about that. who I would cast Tom Cruise as in the Warriors universe. Because I think about Tom Cruise on a literal daily basis. Who would you cast him as? Okay, so early career Tom Cruise, I would cast as Fireheart, obviously. Like, risky business era Tom Cruise Okay, is Fireheart. I think, like, later career, to like, mid-career Tom Cruise. I don't know. I'm not sure if any other cats have yet quite, like, sparked me. Like, that's the energy. Maybe... I don't know. Like that's hard. I I think a lot. I think about Tom Cruise a lot and I haven't like encountered a cat that gets I think like the weird sexual energy that 90s Tom Cruise had. Oh, that's true. I'm thinking specifically of Lestat. I'm also thinking specifically of I'm, Lestat. I'm always thinking about I'm Lestat. Always thinking about I'm Lestat. always thinking about Interview with a Vampire. I'm so can glad we, I like, take a tangent? Can we take a tangent to talk Sidebar. about something that's actually good? Sidebar into, yeah, let's talk about Interview with a Vampire for a minute because I haven't seen this movie. I, I watched the first part of it as a teenager and never finished it. And for Halloween month, we all watched it together. Yeah. And for me, it was the first time I'd ever finished it, but I watched to, I think about the part where, um, did you get to look with your vampire eyes? I did. I got to the part where um, Brad Pitt eats a dog. Baby, um, their their daughter hides the corpse in her bed. Oh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, gets baby really Kirsten gay. Dunst gets super gay and is like, I love titties. And, <laughs> so I, and I want to hide the corpse of this hot lady in my bed. Yeah. And they find it and they're like, why do you have a fucking corpse in your bed? And she has like a 13 year old freak out and is like, I just love titties and I want them. Um, and then cuts off all her hair. Yeah, which like, who hasn't? Who hasn't? That's yes. being that's being thirteen. It's being thirteen. God, that movie's so good. Um, I think that's the part I got to in high school, but I like this is my first time finishing it. You got to Antonio in this one. Antonio. Oh, Antonio! <laughs> I suddenly get all of the jokes in what we do in the shadows about like how Guillermo wants to become a vampire specifically because of Antonio Banderas's role in this movie. I get it. His hair is so shiny. I love their vampire nails. I love oh, their yeah. vampire manicures and, and how they are forced no to hold wine glasses. Anything like a normal person. <laughs> it's incredible. It's an incredible movie. It's the perfect movie. I have in the past two years watched it five times. If you were to cast, like recast all of the main actors in that movie as warriors, warrior cats, which <gasps> one would each of them play? Ooh. I think Graystripe would actually be Louie. Yeah. Because Louie's wife and wife dies. Yes. Yeah, so I was 24 years old, younger than you are now, and already the owner of a large <laughs> place. I've seen this movie many times. Um, so I think Graystripe is Louie. I would say Sandstorm actually could be Lestat. I think that's fair. I think, like, she's the only one who, or, like, maybe, like, who even comes close to being, like, really mean and really hot and kind of evil, but you still want to chill with that. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Claudia, would Claudia be Cloud Kit? Yeah. Cloudpaw? Yeah. Because she's like... Or Cinderpaw. Well, I feel like she's she's like an infant with bad impulse control. Oh, terrible impulse control. So that's yeah, why that's I'm like true. Cloud Kit. Cloud Kit, yeah. Like pre-character development Cinderpaw. Yeah. But like Cinderpaw, she currently exists in the middle of this shitty, shitty book that I hate. But like she has a really great time in the terrible book. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I feel like, um, who else? What other major? Who would Antonio who, Banderas oh, be? Oh, I don't know if anybody has the, just like the raw sensuality of Antonio Banderas in this movie. <laughs> Which cat has the raw <laughs> sensuality of Antonio <laughs> like, Banderas? Like walking around with a kid. Just the amount of crushed red velvet that Antonio Banderas <laughs> wears over the course of this movie. He's only in it for like the last like 20 minutes. Yeah, he's not half in it. Half an hour. Long. But like, boy, is it a half an hour. I love that movie for a variety of reasons. I love showing it to my friends who are also queer and being like, hey, let's watch the gay vampire movie. And it's, I love like, that they don't understand. How gay could it be? And I'm like, oh. Well, because I remember like Kayla saw it for the first time with us. Yes. And when we were explaining the plot to her and we were like, it is Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt being gay vampires and co-parenting a child together and yeah. she's like haha okay and then we got to the point where they were like we're your dads now and she was like wait you guys were serious and we were like yes that's the, literally the plot of the movie that's literally there's like tom cruise turns kirsten Dunst into a vampire and is like i'm your dad now also brad pitt is your dad we're co-parenting i've saved our marriage yeah like yep that's, that's literally it they're um god tom cruise is just so fun in this movie because there's the great bit where they're hanging out at the party and Tom Cruise is like, just read her mind. And Brad Pitt's like, I can't read minds. And Tom Cruise is like, well, whatever. It happened. I get the dark gift is different. I'm going to go read that <laughs> hot dude's mind and then kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Rule was thinking. Oh, and it's, it is Anne, Anne Rule, right? It's Anne Rice. Anne, Anne Rule wrote the Ted Bundy, wrote my friend uh, next to me. I get them. I get them mixed up because here's the problem. They both have very similar names. They both write on kind of spooky topics and they both have gone through phases of sucking as people yeah like yeah i mix them up no that's their fair. names are very similar and they Four have a similar yeah. zeitgeist yeah they do similar energies yeah um god interviews of vampires just so good but anyway ann rice was like truly on some next level bullshit when she came up with this oh my god there are more books i love that she's like but you can't make it gay though and later like, <laughs> and it's like they're and, co-parenting a child. And you made this gay. Tom Cruise actually, like, was exactly, <laughs> like, because, like, by this point, like, Tom Cruise had a lot of, like, power in the industry. Was, like, exercising some moves, like, you need to cut this out, you need to cut this out, you need to cut this out. But, like, the things he left in made it more gay. Yes. I love that. I mean, though. I think, like, here's the thing. Interview of the Vampire and Top Gun, I think, are the two biggest reasons there's this persistent rumor aside from also everything about tom cruise that he's gay and i agree with them kind of i do not actually think tom cruise is gay i think tom cruise is bi but severely in denial about being attracted to men that's fair because like you'll read these like interviews about like what it was like to be on set with him and i'll say things like gee i'm sure glad there are any gay guys around that'd be bad right and everybody's just like tom tom we're just trying to eat lunch (laughs) Tom. Tom, like I'm just I'm just trying to enjoy the Caesar salad, Tom. Tom, stop. Thomas. Like, that's my theory. That's my theory. As somebody who's like deeply in denial about being bi for a very long time and may or may not be projecting. That's my I spend literal like once a day thinking about Tom Cruise at least once. It's, I mean that's fair. He's become a huge part of my brand. Tom Cruise is like a a good well He's a, a terrible person. I mean He's in a cult. He was brainwashed and is now in a cult. He's truly in a cult. Yeah, that is important. And he could bring the whole thing down tomorrow if he wanted to. I was talking about that with my chiropractor, but he won't. He won't, no. He won't. He can't. Like, I I genuinely do not think he can at this point. Like, he's just so in it. 
because he's in it to win it. He in could, it to win he sh- it. If he had, oh, yeah. Is he still married to Katie Holmes? No, they got divorced a couple years ago when um Suri was hitting the age where she would start getting audited by Scientology, and then Katie Holmes was like, "Oh wait, no, I think the fuck not." Bye. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I think what you're thinking of it is because Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx just broke up. Oh yeah. God, we're just doing everything in our power not to talk about this book. <laughs> Because it was bad. It's a bad book. And there's uh, so many other interesting things going on so in our many, lives right now. There's so many other things that are interesting to talk about. And, like, I also hate, like, being a downer and just talking about how I, like, don't like something. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make for good content to be like, it is bad. Like, like there are things that I like about this. Like, and there's, there's other things to talk about, too, that are good and fun. Uh, so we have our MVP. Yes. Who are we pouring one out for? I know. Silverstream. Silverstream. Pour one out for silver. Pour one out for Silverstream, and can I also add on pour one out for like being allowed to like Tiger Claw? Honestly, oh, pour man. one out for being a Tiger Claw apologist. Now yeah. that he's literally pour a fascist. One out for, like the first two episodes where I was allowed to be a Tiger Claw apologist. Tragic. Hot takes for the next book. I guess we'll see. Because I mean, I hope start actually reading the next book. I again. have to find where it is in my like shit show of a bedroom. If you need to, I have. I have a. I think it's like I vividly remember buying a copy over the summer, and so I own it somewhere. It's just a matter of finding it. Have we talked about this enough that we can now talk about Jenny Slate's new comedy special? Okay, can we talk about Jenny Slate's new comedy special, though? Can we? Speaking of things that we like, I... Ending on a positive note. ...have never felt so seen and understood by something in my entire life. I, like, texted my mom after watching it, and I was like, listen, I don't know memes. I don't know if this is exactly your sense of humor, but... I kind of want you to watch it because I feel like it will give you a better insight into my psychology than anything else. Like this is, this is what it's like to live in my brain. She is a kindred spirit. There is no one. There's almost no one else whose like work I am as inspired by. It's like literally just her and Phoebe Waller Bridge. And I'm like, how do I leverage my way into being friends with both of them and like having dinner and drinks with them and like, just like soaking up, their wisdom as creators and comics and writers and it was like a genuinely like I laughed I cried I had a profound experience watching this comedy special yeah unbelievable it was literally like I know it's conceited to say like if I met the celebrity I would be her friend but I literally am convinced that Jenny Slate would be my friend no I'm like how do I how do I I get drinks with her how do I how do I get how do I get Jenny Slate to like me like sitting there being like oh you're like a severely anxious Jewish person from Massachusetts. The whole thing that she was talking about that was so funny because it like, I mean, everything was funny. Everything but was because funny. Because it was so me was when she's talking about, she's like, you know, like there's two types of kids who are bullied in school. There's the kids who sort of like keep their heads down. And then there's the ones who are like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm taking this one back. And she's like, I don't <laughs> recommend being the second one. But I was. And I was like, oh, I was also. And then she's like, because part of it was like, I couldn't understand. I was so cool at summer camp. Yeah. And I was like, that was me. And like in retrospect, I'm like, well, I went to a theater summer camp. Yeah. I went to theater summer camp. That's why I was cool That's at summer cool camp. But, I, but like as a high schooler and a middle schooler, I was like, why does this social currency, why is this not accepted in both places? Like, why, can't why I have my can't I have both? It was like, I was so cool at summer camp. And then I would go to school and be so not cool. And it's like, why? I lost my shit early on where she's like, I look exactly like Anne Frank as a child. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, yeah. Because I remember watching the opening thing and just thinking in that way, like, where part of my brain is always thinking about the Holocaust. Where I'm just like, shit, Jenny Slate looks like Anne Frank. <laughs> and then she did. 
I'm trying was, to, I'm looking through my text to you because I know there were definitely parts where I was like, it's me, it's my brain, it's my brain. The whole thing, like, also when she's talking about, like, growing up in a haunted house. Yes, because I grew up in a, my house was built in, like, my parents' house was built in, like, the 1780s. Oh, see, my house wasn't haunted, but, like, I was constantly, I was constantly aware of ghosts and hauntings. I, I did have a ghostly experience when I was, like, 12, um, because, like, Wild West rules, baby. Yeah. There's, like so much ghosts out there too um but i remember there's a haunted train station in ogden utah and like my brother and a babysitter and i had gone up to ogden for some reason i don't really remember why but i was like walking across the this like expansive ballroom there was really no one around me and i felt someone like both hands shove me on the back of the shoulder mm-hmm. i turned around there was no one within like 25 feet of me yikes and, like, that is a well, like, known – it's very well-known common knowledge that that train station's haunted. So I was like – but, like, every time she's talking about, like, the ghosts and stuff, I was like, oh, oh, that's me. Or, like, her little box of, like, angry <gasps> thoughts that she had as a teen where I was like, oh, I have one of those. That was heartbreaking. Like, that one made me, A, hurt for her as a teenager. And then also think, like, what a great idea that I really hope you got from a therapist of, like, here is your thing. Here is your space to be angry. Like, just – it's a good idea. I I used to do that. I used to just write down not not necessarily a box, but just sort of like write down little things that pissed me off. And and a lot of them like were similar to hers where it's like why do I treat myself like garbage, right? Like why why is that a thing? And even as a grown-up, it's like why is that a thing that I still do? Like people tell me it doesn't matter how much people tell me that I'm like smart or funny or talented or whatever. And it's not even – it's that thing she's talking about, right, where she's, like – she says she has, like, stage fright, and her yeah. friend is, like, well, why – do you really think you're not funny? And she's, like, it's not that. It's that I feel like I have to – there's this question of, like, will someone – will they like me, right? Like, yeah. will will they like me, and I have to go out there and earn their affection and their attention yeah. and their care and their love. And I feel that – so strongly all the time Mm -hmm. it's like part of what drives me to write but then makes me so afraid to share my writing right as I'm like it's this work that I'm like working on earning Mm -hmm. someone's attention and love but also what if they don't right I think it's it's what makes her like a really effective artist and I think why so many people have connected with her work is there's a like sense of like she isn't taking your attention for granted And your engagement with her work for granted, which I think is what turns me off about, like, so much stuff made by men. Um, Is that, like, the sense of, like, I need to, you like, your time, like, I need to earn the engagement. Like, I know I'm funny, but I need to, I'm not going to take it it for granted that people think I'm funny. Exactly. And God, the the teenage aching desperateness to be liked was just heartbreaking because, like, oh, man. And and I, I oh, totally man. connected with that. That was like, I remember what I that felt so like. Emo- uh, yeah. And like, the, we all do. the feeling of not being liked, too, was so much more powerful than the actuality. Because in retrospect, I don't know how much I was actually disliked. I don't think I was very widely liked by my classmates, no. but I don't know. But it was like this feeling that I was not liked and that I was unlikable that was like. I think it was also like that you're gauging so much of your self-worth by what boys like you yeah oh for sure I had a boy tell me (laughs) when I was a freshman in high school I like asked a or I I 
asked a boy to a dance and he told me I wasn't pretty enough to go with him. Fuck. He like turned into a libertarian by the end of high school though. So it's like Is this Douglas. <laughs> Douglas LeBugless. <laughs> I'm going to edit Darn. that part out. But yeah. like, um, yeah, I was like, and, and by the time I was a senior in high school, he was like six inches shorter than me and had become like a rabid libertarian. So it's like, ooh, dodging bullets. But as a yeah. freshman, I was like, oh, this feels horrible. This feels horrible. It's terrible. It sticks with us. Yeah. It's, it sticks with us in major. Oh, it just, it just. I remember crying about it after, because I, I was on my high school swim team and like getting out of swim practice mm-hmm. and just like sitting in the lobby of the sports center with my like wet chlorine hair in my like sweats just sobbing and then like my friend's mom came and comforted me and was like hey are you okay i was like no god kudos to your friend's mom though honestly she was she was the mvp she's like yes. she was the um the yellow fang of she the was situation the thing. yeah i aspire to be the yellow fang of situations yeah have we have we filled an hour um yes we, we have, have officially we- just hit an hour yes Oh, thank God. Okay. Um, also, there was murder in this. I just saw a note that said, oh, shit, murder. And I do not care about this book enough to open it up and find out where their note was. N- Catch us next time. Hopefully, we actually like the next book Hopefully so we that we can talk like about it more. And don't wait six months between reading the book to record the episode and that audacity doesn't just eat it. I'm curious next book to see, like, what's going to happen. What, fire paw. Fire, yeah. Fire fu- Whatever. The fucking fire cat. What are fire our predictions heart. for the next I book? I think he's going to run into Graystripe at Four Trees, and it's going to be weird and fraught for him. Mm-hmm. That's my expectation. I think we're going to, like, he Fireheart. The next book, I feel like, is probably going to be, like, us trying like trying to make us believe that Fireheart and Sandstorm are a couple because you we, you've spoiled that part for me yeah so now i'm just like let's see how they make this shitty thing work Aaron. well because uh sandstorm sorry she is a lesbian yeah absolutely <laughs> there is strongest lesbian energy is... off that character okay wait so strong lesbian energy yellowfang cinderpaw cinderpaw sandstorm yes Silverstream? strong by energy by energy by energy off Silverstream. Misty Foot, bi energy. Yes. I think here's the thing. River Clan cats are bi. Yeah. Because it's like flown like water. Exactly. That's my hot take of the week. That's, that's a good hot take. That's a good hot take. Um, God, it's been so long. It's been a million years. I, I'm going to find book four and it won't be, I, we promise, like whatever the amount of months between episodes that it has been for these two episodes. Isidore, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Isidore, we're sorry. This is not going to happen again. Also... Because I've got a handle on my depression now. Hopefully we like the next book more because I, I think... I don't want this to become a negativity podcast because I think it's more fun and it's better and it's more entertaining when I'm like... When I'm into when it. When we're into it. Because this one was more like... Ugh. I and mean, it, we have to get through it. But like, I... You gotta get through... You gotta I was feral get about through. these books for a reason when I was a kid. And, and it's because they were it. fucking good. And like, there were parts of this that really worked for me. Yeah. It's just the book as a whole. Like, it's Infinity War. It's in it's Infinity War, but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to extend this metaphor, there are plenty of movies that are actually at least fun, if not good. That's true. We could get to Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. We could get to Ragnarok. We, we get could to get Ragnarok. to Spider Man. Like we got them. They're we, out there. We can make it to Tobey Maguire. <laughs> we can get to Tobey Maguire. I just have. A, I've just decided now that I realize this ruins the joke, but I'm just pretending that Tobey Maguire is in every Spider Man movie. Yeah. 
that they've just de-aged him like which was i'm sorry and under i know it's silly to be like this tweet was underappreciated but i had a very funny tweet about robert de niro and toby mcguire that was not appreciated it was a very funny tweet i really appreciated it thank at you least. for you you and three other people appreciated my very good film tweet i'm gonna make film twitter like me me trying to like infiltrate film twitter by being like banging pots and pans together like <laughs> about jenny slate <laughs> talking about jenny slate and like occasionally dropping like references to parasite which i still haven't seen here's the thing if you know parasite exists you can't see parasite you have to go and not even knowing that it's a movie that's ever happened that's funny on film twitter where i'm not on film twitter but i have friends <laughs> who are on film twitter and it's all like don't see par like don't read any reviews like parasites better if you don't know anything about it so like you've already heard of the movie it's i've already late. heard it's of the too movie late. yeah it's too late for me it's a good movie and i did look up the plot synopsis on wikipedia so i like do know what happens too she's fun it's a good movie i liked it a lot um it's good i don't think it's as good as Interview with the vampire nothing's as good as nothing is except top gun have you seen top gun no <gasps> dude next time next time I'm next time we'll talk about top next gun time we'll talk about top gun. this time we just talked about like interview with a vampire and jenny slate and not about this book I think because it was important that we emphasize that there are things that we like in the world because book three was not a thing that we liked no neither of us neither yeah this wasn't like a, oh this was fun and one of us had a different take it was just poorly plotted and the revelations got yeah. repetitive and i lost the one joy in my life which was tiger claw pour one out for my love for tiger claw truly all right rest in fucking pieces book three can kick rocks with george rr R. martin <laughs> i don't give a shit anymore go rest in pepperoni pasta <laughs> we're done You're dead to me we're done here dunzos and on that note bye this has been firestar walk with me and that but like crawl firestar crawl across <laughs> the finish line with me Oh,